What? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I'm, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrell from Monty and the Farrell, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel. But I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Farrell. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. Welcome All back right. to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ron Cockama, Long Island, at the board. Jared, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How you doing? How was your Christmas, my friend? It was good. Got to spend some time with the family and just chill. What was your favorite gift? Um, I got some nice cologne. Cologne or well, slippers. I got some good, some good slippers too. Are they just straight up slippers? We got animal slippers. What do we got no, going like on? Ugg slippers. <laughs> and what kind of cologne do you wear? Um, I mean, I wear a bunch of different cologne. The one I got is Dossier. Very nice. Yeah, it's like all natural or something. I'll tell you, there was something different about Christmas this year. It was very uh, uh, memorable. <laughs> I guess for sure. Yeah, definitely. I want to do some shout outs before we start the show today. We've got ESO created, Phil in the house, Stingers. Thank you for joining on the membership. The first lady of wrestling, JB in the house, RJ, Chris Lee. Chris Lee, who's going to become a sponsor of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. He will have a weekly segment, which I'm waiting for a name of it, but he should be sending us shortly. Little. Patty in the house, Jason in the house. Who else we got here? Did I miss anybody? Uh, I think we're good. And one person I didn't miss is filling in for an ill Jimmy Farrow is wrestling legend Randy Hogan. Randy, how are you, big guy? I'm wonderful. It's so good to be back on the Long Island's number one show. I'll tell you what, it's good to have you back. It's, um, you know, with New Year's coming up, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, Randy, but they took down our original channel on YouTube. We lost a few sponsors, and it was very upsetting to me, right? And I've had some health issues last year that I had to take care of. But I have a, I have a new, I don't know, 
outlook on life, right? It's like I'm fortunate to be part of such a wonderful show with all the people that I just named that come in every Thursday to join us and the support of the fans. And then, you know, making a friendship with someone like yourself, an icon like yourself, it's, uh, you know, it's humbling. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think you got to get strained out a little bit and realize what you have, you know, Randy? I totally agree with that. It's, uh, you mentioned humbling. It's humbling to me, um, thinking of really what small part I was um, in most people's eyes in, in professional wrestling. And now here, 30-some years later, you know, I'm still on a show. I'm still on number one show like yours. People still, they still know who that kid is right there, you know. Um, I guess it's very, very humbling. It, it's very... Uh, it's very nice to be remembered, I guess. Well, I will tell you, um, when you and I first met, we did an interview back at the uh, previous studio we were at. Um, And, you know, what's funny, Farrow was out sick that time too. It might be just you. He might be scared of you or something. I don't know. Well, last time I was on your show, if you remember, you weren't there. (laughs) Yeah, well, I had to work. (laughs) Uh, it was an afternoon uh, show. What am I supposed to do? I got to go to work. Um, but Farrow was here, but that was the last time you were here. But the, before that, the first time I met you, you wasn't. But I remember listening to you on another show. I forget what show it was. And they had this uh, – I, I don't know who the wrestler was on they had, but you had called in. And I could hear the emotion in your voice, and I'm like – I just remember thinking, like, what a wonderful man Randy is and how good is it for him to get emotional over thinking about his past. And, you know, I just thought it was a really special moment. You know, so is that something that happens to you often? I'm not sure which one you're referring to. It it, it depends on on the – on the question or on the subject that I'm on, you know, I have a lot of fond memories from, you know, when I was a kid, seven, eight, nine years old, going to the matches with my grandparents. And the emotion comes in when I I fast forward about uh, 25 more years, and here I am for the first time starting to train as a professional wrestler, just stepping stepping in the ring the first time I teared up just standing in the ring, if only my grandparents could see. My parents, they, my mother was always my biggest fan, uh, but my mom and my dad, uh, uh, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek wrestling. You know, it wasn't a real thing. It was, it's kind of fake and all oh, that's a bunch of crap. So they were those kind of, uh, of, of fans. Uh, my dad, unfortunately, passed away and, and never got the chance to, uh, to see me. Um, and my mom, it was fun because we would do TV tapings, usually on Wednesday afternoons for three hours. And then I'd uh, fly down to Florida or drive down to my mom, and we'd watch it um, on Saturdays. And, uh, again, just very emotional, thinking I can just see my grandparents sitting there, you know, with their hands gripping the ends of the chairs. Because every last thing was, was real, you know. And they hated that Dick the Bruiser and that Sheik guy and everything. But they loved Flying Fred Burry and all them kind of guys. So 
Um, I was just raised on that. At any time, I, I do get emotional, very sentimental. Um, I have so much to, to owe them and just, and just, a, just having me as part of wrestling and, and raising me up to enjoy something that at the time was kind of, I mean, they were barroom brawlers, but kind of wholesome as, as I look at it. And to instill in me the fandom. And to this very day, I'm a big fan. Um, so, so those things make, make me emotional, just thinking back, you know, what ifs, what if they were alive, what if my mom, my father, you know, saw these things as much as I wish they would have. Uh, uh, and, and a lot of regrets also, you know, in, in the business. I don't think I took it as serious as I probably should have a lot of times, um, which means, you know, I put time in the gym, but not as much as I needed. Um I wasn't strong enough politically to get my name uh, on the list of guys that might get a minor push and let's see what he can do type of thing. Um, the, I think the Hogan name, the Hogan gimmick, um, kind of got me a lot of job security. Not necessarily in the right way, though. Because if you remember back in the day, I didn't I didn't wear the garb. I didn't have the random T-shirts um, or anything. I just had turquoise trunks, turquoise boots, or a black velvet robe with turquoise lining and sequins and stuff. So that's what I was. I was always Randy Hogan. But uh, I never really had the, the gimmick, the look, or anything. And uh, I think WCW... Um, if you think about a lot of the guys, they always had their names changed. You know, they change. look at the look at Barry Darso. How many different gimmicks he's had, different name changes, and that. That's the same with the with, with the Ender guys, like me. But they never changed my name. I was always Randy Hogan. And what it was is just uh, prior to the wars or the Monday Night Wars, whatever. They were uh, uh, they were. I think WCW wanted to show the public what they do to a Hogan. You know, Hogan's on top. Hogan's everything up north. Down here, WCW, we squash Hogan's. That's what we do. So I think that was all part of the business thing, and and that was probably a little bit of job security for me. But, uh, of course, Gilbert came along, and I uh, um, I would love to have some kind of a of a – gimmick, not necessarily a match, but uh, teaming up or doing some kind of a parody on the WWE when he came on. You know, what? how great would that be? A, a Hogan and a Gilbert or a Goldberg. So, well, how about, but that how about a happened. Hogan versus Gilbert match, right? That would have been what? great during the Attitude well, Absolutely. Yeah, any combination, you know. Uh, in fact, I was on another uh, podcast not too long ago. And he said he doesn't understand why they didn't do a gimmick like that, you know. I mean, here I was. I'm available. I'm really easy to find, you know. My phone well, I, think, I think that goes back into not politicking, right? Maybe sometimes people got to be, the, you know, you got to bring the horse to water. But, you know, whatever the yes. case is, Randy, uh, you've done well in the business. People know your name, and you should be very proud of that. Just think, anytime you want to watch yourself, you're on every social media outlet. So, 
again, we all have our regrets, but uh, you should be very proud of what you accomplished. I really am. You know, people throw around the terms, you know, you're a jobber, you're this, you're that. So what, you know? What's embarrassed by getting beat up by Vader or the Road Warriors, you know? There's there's no embarrassment in that. Um, and like I said, uh, they're out there buying tickets. So indirectly, they're buying tickets to come see me. So whatever they want me to do, you know, pin me, pay me type of thing. Just think uh, you don't even know how many people you might have influenced at, at that time and some young kids yeah. and, you know, God knows, right, at this point. Well, I, I try to. I'm very, very accessible, very fan friendly, and I—I I mean, everybody says it, but from the depth of my heart, I appreciate the fans so much. I mean, just for giving me an opportunity to do something—just uh, uh, a dream that I had as a kid—and and would I like to have gone farther? Of course. Am I proud of where I went? Yeah. It, it still baffles me how I got as far as I did. But uh, I think part of it is, is like I said, being fan-friendly. I've, I've never gotten any uh, any trouble, any controversies or anything. Um, and it's just, if I would have politicked with the brass as much as I did as far as getting along with everybody in the locker room and outside the locker room, eh, things might have changed a little bit. But happy to be where I am, proud to be where I was, and, and here I am, going to be 72 years old, and people are still mentioning my name, whether it be in a meme or whatever. Um, it is very flattering and very humbling, and I'm just a lucky guy. Well, we're, we're humbled to have you on, and I know I'm humbled to have you on tonight, and nothing better than doing the final show 2022 with Randomania, brother. Running wild. <laughs> All right, so uh, I was on Peacock the other day, and there's a documentary on Casey Anthony. I don't know if anybody remembers who Casey Anthony is. I hope everybody would. Um, name of the documentary, I believe, is Where the Truth Lies. So um, I'm watching this, and I don't know. I must not have paid much attention to it when it was actually going on. Of course, I knew about it, right? But I'm watching this documentary and I'm thinking to myself, like, how does this girl, a woman, not go to jail? All right. Uh, it's, you know, her kid disappears. She doesn't call the cops. Uh, they've got all these pictures of her out partying. And then finally, like a month later, she calls the cops and says she's been looking for a kid. She gets accused of murdering a child. She goes to jail for three years until she has trial, and then she's found not guilty, which is crazy. But here, here's the problem. Uh, I'm watching it, and it's a couple-part series, um, and I recommend it, and I'm not done watching it yet. But as I'm watching this documentary, I'm starting to get doubt that she killed her child. Is there something wrong with me here, or is it just that I'm I'm apt to being spin doctored by good documentary writing and good production? Well, you know, she's from Orlando here, where I live, so you know was, that was the the talk, and there was a lot of inside talk probably coming out of Orlando that maybe didn't get further, but uh, a lot of the fingers pointed to her to her father. 
something either there's, there's an accident or something happened, something along the lines with her father involved. Of course, well, they was, brought in the brother, they brought in the mother, and everybody else. Well, that's what they were they were doing this in a documentary. I guess there was some kind of sexual assault between her and her father. And then at some point, her father starts turning on her. And I had to turn it off because I, I'll watch it over the weekend. Um, that's how exciting my life is. Um, but there almost seems like, and this is a feeling I got, Randy, that her and her father were having some sort of sexual affair. And something went down and they were covering each other's tracks. That's what I got. Is that what you were, is that what you were hearing on your end? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um it's, just, it's so hard to prove any of that. Some of the accusations. Was there sexual assault to, you know, to Casey or not? Who knows? Was the father involved? Was it an accident? Or did something happen that, uh, that he was molesting his granddaughter and she was going to tell her something happened and, and he did it? Uh, was the mother involved one way? Um, I don't know. But again, nobody knows and there was not enough solid proof I think that's why she got off not guilty, finally. Here's a question for you. The amazing thing to me is if she did kill her child, which I tend to think she was involved in some sort of way now. Um, How does someone convince themselves because there's definitely something going on here where in her mind she doesn't think she was involved in anything you know it's either she's the greatest actress in the history of actresses or how does someone build that you know in their mind that this stuff didn't happen and i start thinking about oj and some of these things you think that's a, a trait in all people or do you think that just and then people believe their own bullshit, and if they keep telling them themselves these stories that they believe it, and they and they they live this lie their whole life until it becomes reality to them, or is or is this something special within certain psychos within society? It's almost uh, I hate to use the term, but it's almost like a talent. I mean, these people have just something inside that they can convince themselves, and they can convince other people. And, you know, they believe everything that they say. They believe everything that they see. Um, I think the family probably got their stories together and rehearsed it for a long time when the search was going on and everything else, probably around the clock. And I think they had the, uh, the brother. I think he was involved as far as knowing what's going on. I think the mother kind of washed her hands of the whole deal, but she didn't know. Uh, I think the father was involved. And I'm not sure Casey was physically involved in it. I think she knew. Um, I think she was part of the storyline with this, with the father. I think it was covered up by all of them because they all had so much to lose if the truth did come out. Um, like I said, I just I just think it's it's inbred in somebody. Just like wrestling, some guys can cut a promo. Some guys. You know, are afraid of the microphone. I think it's the same, same like this. Some people convince themselves and other people. Some people can cut a good life's promo, and some people can't. Mm. 
They good did. point, Randy. I wasn't thinking about that. Damn, that's pretty good. I like it. And by the way, yeah. I am rocking the ESO merchandise. Go to www. I shouldn't say that. My wife says don't use that anymore. ESOcreative.com. Get your own Monty and the Pharaoh t-shirt. And again, you could also go to a YouTube merchandise page or the Monty and the Pharaoh.com page and get all sorts of merchandise. Uh Randy, we got some upcoming shows on January 14th. We've got Enzo. Um, and then on February 4th, we've got Chris Masters, who I think is going under the name Chris Adonis. And we are sponsoring – well, if Farrell was on, and I think that's why he acted like he was sick – is we're going to do a master lock char- challenge, and if Farrell can get out of it, <laughs> that's it. That's it. If Farrell can get out of it, he's been offered five hundred dollars from Chris Lee, and we're asking people to go to the Monty, uh, uh, what do you call it, PayPal, and donate, and all donations will go to St. Jude. If Farrell could get out of the master lock and if he can't any donations will go to saint jude but uh what are the chances of jimmy farrow getting out of the master lock randy slim and none and slim's out of town <laughs> could you imagine farrow in the master lock <laughs> I, I did a convention not too long ago and i was right next to chris you know yeah and he's still I mean, he's, he's jacked he is know? jacked and he is just strong Enzo, Enzo is, man, he he's hilarious. Enzo is so good, and he is wonderful with the kids. Wow. My wife was with me, and she said, wow, you know, he took his time, went out to, to the kids, and didn't wasn't rushed or nothing. I can't say enough about Enzo, and I don't, other than meeting him at the convention there, um, didn't know him personally, but was just very impressed by that, and standing next to Chris Masters, and, you know, he's got a shirt on, but still. You know, the sleeves are tight as can be. It's like he's an extra large word a size small shirt. Well, Farrow's kind of wiry, though. Maybe he could, like, right? Because what's that story that Bob Roop had that challenge that went on years ago in Florida and some fan came in and actually got out of his move because he was, like, wiry like Jimmy. And he could just get, you know, maybe, you know, Masters is used to – Putting a, the master lock on the big show with John Cena, he might, you know, he might not. Farrell might have his number, man. That's right. Well, he's out there on the indie circuit a little bit, you know, doing stuff, and uh, he's probably got some skinny little Randy Hogan's out there that he's practicing on. So they get and ready for, the for a challenge. <laughs> he's gonna have the Bengay for his neck, you know, bring <laughs> get some isopure and stuff. Well, the Farrell has not officially committed to it, so he's been ill. He did bring it up to me on the phone, and uh, I hung up on him. So uh, we'll find out next week if he's going to come in. And also on March 11th, we've got Sinister Minister and Max the Impaler in studio. And let me not forget, after Chris Masters, we've got uh, the Bad Girls Club on uh, February 4th, Jada Chachilli and uh, little eye candy for Monty. You know what I mean? We got to have that on the oh, show yeah. every so often. All right. Uh, important mentions, Randy. Uh, 2022 is coming to an end. I think we have to uh, 
uh, take a few minutes for us all to think about some of the wrestlers who have passed. So I'm going to name some names and uh, we'll ring the bell and then uh, we'll go to a commercial break. All right, Randy, and then we'll continue on with the show. Uh, Absolutely. Forgive me for saying the names wrong. If uh, if I do, I'm terrible at it. But uh, Katsua Katamura. Razil, Babe the Farmer's Daughter, Antonio Noki, Starman. Candy Divine. Mickey J. Henson. Sarah Lee. Tim White. Mashi Ayagi. Jean LaBelle. Tarzan Gatto. Dave Hebner. Scott Hall. Rest in peace. Randy, any words on any of those wrestlers? I was very close to Mickey J. You know, he was down here. He was a Tampa boy also. And uh, just so many of those... So many of those hit home, you know, Razor Ramon, you know, he was, he was fighting his demons and back and forth for a long time, but, uh, was really a nice, a nice person in real life. As a kid growing up, I remember, um, I saw Anoki, you know, as a little kid, he came through with a uh, giant Baba came through and, uh, again, brings me back to my childhood, you know. A lot of those, uh, you know, I hadn't heard of before, but uh, they all made the mark. Well, rest in peace. Our own Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Griggs, make up the band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams. This not not far behind. Here comes the rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page, Spotify, Apple Music, and Reverb Nation. Randy, one of the things that Jimmy does is he gives a little shout-out to his partner, Bart Griggs, but he does it in a very high voice. I will refuse to do it, but, Randy, I'll ask you to do it. Can you say the name Bart Griggs in a very high voice? I don't know if I can anymore. Bart, Bart, Bart. 
will come out. Very funny. Monty DeFaro can be seen on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page where over 2 million viewers are seen. Facebook Live page. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor. See us on the Twitch TV page, the Monty DeFaro Twitch TV page. If you're lucky enough to live in New York, you'll see this show in a reduced version on Channel 115 every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and 9, 11.30 a.m. and Channel 20 on Wednesdays at Saturday at 11 a.m. and on Channel 20, it's Wednesdays at 9 p.m. We want to thank our new sponsor, Manscape. We'll be right back with my co-host, one of the all-time greats, and I got to tell you, I call him a very close personal friend, Mr. Randy Hogan, where we'll discuss the year in review and give out the Monty and the Farrow Awards. And Randy, this is a Yes. Uh, cumulative voting throughout the year. And then, obviously, Monty has the final decision, which trumps everything. So if you disagree with any of these awards, feel free to say you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I will do that. And I can't wait to see him back there with his neck kind of cringed like this, you know, with one of them things on it. <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break. Sir? Ah. Manscaped? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried? I'm afraid because it says Weed Whacker. I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped, what are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? Love what it. What do you use it for? Necessity. What don't I use it for? Put it this way. The only hair I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. That is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the So pick. Manscaped? It's a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we... As men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to oh, go do I the know deed it. on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, Mm. Then I I start. Where is that pedophilia line? That yeah. I'm that I'm. I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. Oh, that's very interesting. Like I never thought about. Wow. That. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is has like I said, well manicured. Yeah. You yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both I, sides of that. Landing? I just don't. I don't want. <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that. Gotcha. As well. Oh, yeah, look but what you found. Ooh, I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older I get, though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, <laughs> I as, found as, it. Ha- I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is? 
Retro. Just Absolutely. Retro? You're like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, like, like it pops out? Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the <laughs> courage. He's a through. trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> Gotta give him an yeah, not all, not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I couldn't say. Super Bush. I couldn't say. Well, <laughs> if you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and anyway. we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a drop kick second. Uh -oh. Drop kick. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Farrow, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, where I've got a special co-host tonight, the great Red Air Hogan Filling in for uh, the iconic Jimmy Farrow, who's home in bed because he's afraid Chris Masters is going to slap that master lock on that pencil neck geek. Remember that? Pencil neck geek. Freddie Blassie. There you go. So you see that Manscaped commercial? Manscaped wrote me and said the guy said he couldn't stop laughing. He's like, that's mm -hmm. the best commercial ever. That was great. That it's was a little great. long, though, but it's good. So, Randy, before we get into this year's awards, uh, did you catch the Ric Flair documentary on Peacock? I did. Tell me your thoughts. I did. I thought it was wonderful. I thought they hit on everything, you know, from – from uh, him being adopted, you know, up through his coming up through the ranks a little bit. Um, I wish they would have gone more on his transition from when he was, whatever it was, Rick Flair before with the brown hair and that into the blonde hair and into the everything else. But again, as we were talking earlier, he had that, that natural promo quality. Anytime, put a mic in front of his face and he was going. That's one of his best best things. Um, they say, and it's true, you know, in his later years, you know, he did, he, he turned it into almost like another Hogan where he had five or six moves and that was about it. But, uh, you know, it went on that. It went on the, uh, uh, the story behind uh, Reed Flair. Um, it had little clips of, of David and Charlotte and Megan and that. But I just thought it was recovered all the bases of his life. And I think he told people as much as they really need to know uh, or even care to know. So let me ask you this. One thing that I thought about, even with the 30 for 30 with Ric Flair, and again, I'm kind of out of line on this, but I'm not. I felt that Rick, on a personal level, was a very selfish man. Right? I understand he had to take care of his family, but... To me, I felt that there was a level of selfishness in there. And maybe to be as, remember we spoke earlier, like you wish you would have done something different because you could have been more in the industry. Rick seemed to do everything to make sure that he 
was going to get the most out of this, but at the expense of his family. Did you get that same feeling, or do you think I'm out of line with that? No, that's exactly what happened. This is we talked earlier about Casey Anthony and that whole uh, thing. Um, people actually believe things that they're saying, and they have a way of expressing it that other people who are listening actually believe them, even though it's not true. Ric Flair, as everybody said, Ric Flair was Ric Flair. Wasn't Richard Fleer, he was Ric Flair 24-7. Um, he lived the life, he showed the life. Um, it was, I don't know how selfish it was because I don't know how much he withheld from his family or his kids financially. It didn't go into that. Uh, he definitely wasn't a, uh, uh, a nice, happily married man. Uh, he didn't carry himself that way. He was the partier. He was everything uh, that he said, and he believed that he was that. But uh, I think that, that was it. He just got to the point where he believed Ric Flair was Ric Flair. And the robes and the, the Rolex and the alligator shoes and that, that's all true. That's all Rick. I mean, that's, that's just what he is, and he believes it. So who's to, who's to say he's wrong, you know? Well, let me ask and he's you this. still kicking. Let me ask you this. So, again, you know, you were around the industry. You met a bunch of these guys, and you might have relationships with them. But at some point, does something get ruined? Like, for example, on a real far end of it, like a Chris Benoit situation. You know, people love him as a wrestler, whatever else. But he washes that all away when he murders his child and he murders his wife. Um you know, we all know about the play and ride from hell with Ric Flair. We had Baby Doll in studio. Baby Doll was like, hey, look, these women were always hitting on Ric Flair. At some point, he didn't know anything better than just to do what he did all the time because that was the expectation of the women. I'm kind of paraphrasing there, but um, do you lose respect for someone like Ric Flair, when you hear these accusations about him taking advantage of women and pitting them against the wall and taking his penis out, or, I mean, what do you feel about that? I feel that's a party, brother. <laughs> I, uh, um, <laughs> if, if it's, um, it depends on how that's done. You know, I, I can't say uh, if he took advantage of these women, that's bad. If they were willingly wanting to go and everything else, just another rat, you know, well, that happens. And it's not just Flair doing that. You know, he maybe had more opportunities because he was Ric Flair. But, uh, you know, he, he's, you can't just pigeonhole um, that kind of behavior just on Ric Flair. This one just happened to get out, get talked about. Um, I don't... When I see the other side of these people, other than the business side, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for Rick that he couldn't uh, come up more like a uh, oh, who's a, a, a Ricky Steamboat. Mm. Okay, you don't hear anything else. Happily married guy, good family man, doesn't get involved in nothing. Um, and he was right on the right on the same level as Flair there, but. Uh, I feel sorry for the Flares. I feel sorry for the Scott Halls. I feel sorry for the Riddles right now. I feel sorry for anybody 
that is getting so taken, whether it's by their own um, attitude or their own feelings about what they have to be, or if it's some type of a dependency that actually grabs them that they can't get rid of, or for whatever the mental reason don't want to. Um, I'm not sure about the Benoit things, about all the concussions. I believe all the concussions, but I'm not sure that flips somebody. Mm. Um, there might have been some issues long before that, other than the concussions and stuff. Some, a mental illness and something was done or said the wrong way, and snap. So thank you for bringing up Matt Riddle for everybody out there. Uh, last week we were supposed to have Danielle Petro on. She's the girlfriend a former girlfriend of Matt Riddle. She will be on next week. That's confirmed. So we will be getting into the dark side of Matt Riddle. Only, you know, again, I know nothing about Matt Riddle. This is the story of his ex-girlfriend, and she wants to get it out there. So, again, thank you for bringing up that point. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, man. Let's get to the year-end awards for 2022. Um, Let me see what we got here. All right. So the first award, Randy, we're going to work on the runners-up first. It's going to be entrance music of the year. Uh, The first runner-up is Chris Jericho. Obviously, the Fozzie song, Judas, it didn't make the number one music. What do you, how do you like that entrance by Jericho? I think it's great. I think it's wonderful that the music stops and the whole audience knows the song and they keep on singing it, you know? Yeah. I think that's just really neat. I love the fact that you're still watching wrestling because a lot of wrestlers say they don't watch it anymore for whatever reason, right? Um what do you feel about the difference between the WWE audience and the AEW audience? Uh, do you feel like the AEW audience is more engaged or they're only more engaged because there's only a quarter of the amount of people in the arena compared to a WWE show? I think that's it. I think it has more of a more of a studio wrestling type feel for the most part. Um, I'm sure the, the tickets aren't as expensive as WWE. Um I'm not sure how invested they get in a certain character of AEW. I think AEW, in my opinion, has got so many factions. I watched it, it was the last night, or night before, last night. But there's always, there's three here, and there's four here, and there's two here. There's just not any single stars coming up anymore. There's factions. WWE's got their, you know, with the Judgment Day and all that, too. I don't know where all that came from. There's so many three and four parts to all these groups. Anyways, AEW's got so many more that I think it's hard for the casual fan to differentiate um you know, who's good and, and who's being carried for the match. Mm. Um, they seem to be putting all their emphasis on the old WWE stars, you know, Moxley and uh, uh, Danielson and, and Jericho. Not that they can't still go, but I don't see them developing anything. You know, they got Hangman Page they try to put over, but he just don't have that it factor. Wardlow, Wardlow, Wardlow. Um, I think he's he's the future, but again, he just doesn't have the backing, and that's usually the I don't know if it's the writers or or Tony Khan or whoever is doing it. But uh, 
you know, Vince, Vince made stars, okay? He made a Hogan, okay? WCW made a Ric Flair. Um, AEW hasn't made a anybody. And uh, I think their their viewership is starting to show it. So It could be, I think it could it be the talent too, to right? Them. Maybe the talent isn't there. You know, today's wrestler isn't the same. I like I like the fact that you brought up Wardlow. He's got a good look. But again, weak mic skills, uh decent wrestler. Uh again, it could be it could be anything, and anybody will say MJF, but let's not digress. The second runner up was CM Punk's culture personality. That's a living color song, which I love. Nothing better than when Punk comes out to cult of personality. But again, did not win the 2022 award. The 2022 award entrance music goes, and I know it's an older song, but it still goes to Edge. Metalingus by Alter Bridge. There's not a better entrance to professional wrestling in the in the opinion of the Monty and the Pharaoh show, or we'll cut the Pharaoh out of this since he's sick. Uh, we're giving it to Edge. What do you think, Randy? I'm not a f- big fan of his music. Um, when the, when when he's making his entrance and the graphic comes up, everybody goes wild because it's Edge and they know it's him, okay? But if you think back in the old days with the uh, Road Warriors and um, everybody knew, wow, there he is. One note is all it took. That was the song. One note and you know who's coming down the aisle. So that that gets a little more credence to me. I think uh, 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 punk is a good one. Um, I'm just not. I'm just not hooked on Edge. I don't know who I would put in that spot offhand, but uh, I would say I don't think so. All right. Well, then we'll give the Randy Hogan opinion that CM Punk should have won. Uh, so right now it's Edge and CM Punk. The next category, Randy, is heel of 2022. The runner-ups are The Miz from the WWE. Um, Everybody knows the work The Miz has done. Big-time reality star. Mainstay in the WWE. Definitely go-to guy. Thoughts on The Miz, Randy? I love The Miz. I love his show. I love his character. he reminds me a lot of, of of Dolph Ziggler. They both do whatever they're told, no controversies, making the money. They're not, never going to be on top or anything, but people love to see him for whatever the reason. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go along with Miz. Great comment. Second runner-up, MJF, the spoiled brat from Long Island, New York, who uses a platform provided him by AEW to become one of the most Buzzed about stars in the industry, but not the 2022 winner. Thoughts on MJF? He needs more seasoning. Now, MJF is wonderful as far as cutting a, a an abdomen promo or something like that. He's good on the mic, but he doesn't do a whole lot in the ring. But uh, I don't know. You know, when, when he when he took his ball and went home and then just recently came back and he had this, uh, he came in with a, uh, a, a long story, almost like a baby face. I miss you guys, everything else, a good guy, good guy. And then he turned again. 
But um, I think he needs more seasoning. I think he's great on the mic, though. But, uh, you know, they don't hate him in the ring. They just hate him the way he talks. All right, our 2022 winner for Heel of the Year, Roman Reigns. Cold, calculating, manipulative, violent, cowardly, punishing, all the words to describe what I consider one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Roman Reigns. Heel of the Year. Randy, do you agree? Yes. Beautiful. I do. I don't... uh... Um, I'm not sure he's the best wrestler, um, but he he's created a great story, a great storyline, and that's what old guys like me look for, storylines. And, uh, you know, I, we all try to predict what's going to happen and where they're going to go and everything else, but who would have thought that he'd have the title this long, especially uh, with the Usos the same way? Who would have thought? Because wrestling talent, I mean, they're, they're good, but – there's just nothing great, but he, uh, yeah, he's 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 got the ball and he's taking it, he's taking it all the way. Beautiful tag team of the year for 2022. The first runner-up, FTR. FTR had so many tag team titles, but one they didn't was the company they work for, AEW. That's one reason they're not the tag team of the year. Thoughts on FTR? I would move them up one. I would move them up one. I think they're good. I think they're a, an unsung talent. I think uh, people talk about them a little bit. Um, but they're they're an established tag team, and that's what I like to see instead of putting two guys together. It's like in the old days you had uh, Robert Roode and, uh, and James Storm, you know. They were bad something or other, drinking the beer and that, but they were a tag team all the time. And they worked good. And FTR works good. Every match you see them, they're working 110%. So I'd move them up from number three. Well, the first runner-up is the Acclaim, the present AEW Tag Team Champions. Uh, The reason they're the first runner-up is because the scissor me baby move seems to be the very popular thing. Not a popular thing with the Monty and the Pharaohs show, but we can't disregard the fact that uh, the 600 to 700,000 fans that AEW garners every week uh, love the acclaimed. Thoughts on the acclaimed? I like them too. I think they work well together as a team. Um, I think the music is pretty cool. But all in all, I would switch them in FDR, number two and number three. All right, so I think you're going to agree with us on this then. The 2022 winners for Tag Team of the Year, the Unified Tag Team Champions, the Usos. Thoughts on the Usos? I tell you, I hate to admit it, but they're where they are. They're there, and they're still there. Um, They work well together. Uh, I think uh, Sami Zayn is coming to an end real quick which I'd be glad to see. Um, the young kid now, uh, uh, what's his name, Sokoa or Solo, he's uh, he's going to be the best of all of them. I think he's going to surpass all of them if I they market that. him right. I love that, Randy. I, I, I think I agree with you. I think they'll slowly build into it, but, yeah, he'll be a big-time player for sure. Yep. All right, fan favorite of the year, 
runner-up, second runner-up, Bianca Belair, who I consider one of, again, with Monty Nefaro, we don't separate the women and men. At this point, we think the women are at the same level as the men. Bianca Belair, uh, I think fans love her. I even think the non-wrestling fans that see her love her. I agree. My wife loves her. Not her number one, but she loves her. Um, I love the dedication that she's got. I mean, her workouts, because it shows her in the gym once in a while and everything, you know. She looks and carries herself like a wrestler. And she's always flipping that ponytail around. And, <laughs> and uh, I hope they don't turn her heel, though. I hope they don't. I see it coming, but I hope they don't. I can't see it, Randy. I can't see it. The fans love her too much. I, I hope I hope so. I, I, I hope it uh, doesn't happen, too. All right. First runner-up, I'm not a fan of his, but the fans seem to be Eddie Kingston. Thoughts on Eddie? Great promos, but that's it. I wouldn't even have him in the run. You don't think the I fans think love him? When he's there, but he's not, he's not there very often anymore. You know, he was doing the thing with Jericho and everything else coming on up, and he was there, and, and he had everybody a little bit behind him, and then he just kind of disappeared. Now he just makes little, little spot things. I, I think he's lost his luster. Okay. I think Two. they like him, but I don't think they love him. All right, well, he didn't win, so that's good news for you. But the 2022 Fan Favorites of the Year – the acclaimed thoughts. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yes, I do. They love them because they're a little bit different. Um, they always got, they always got a funny rap to go to. Um, and pe- people like that. But again, if you don't watch them, you can't tell, you know, are they heels or are they baby faces? I don't know, but everybody likes them. Um, again, great entrance. And their, their music you can't pinpoint because it's different every week. But uh, it's very entertaining. So, they, yeah, I give them that spot. I, I agree. All right, match of the year. Now, Randy, this one I trumped, and I put my own personal match of the year. So we'll see what you think at the end. But second runner-up, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, the match uh, – where they both were bleeding. We all know that match. Either some people say it was fake blood. I know Farrow thought it was fake blood. I tend to agree with Farrow. Thoughts on this second runner-up? Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. Yes. I, that match brought some realism to the women's wrestling. It's very hard because the, the women, I don't put them on the same level yet as the men. Now, there are a couple of them. Okay, Bianca being one, Flair, Becky Lynch, you know, they really are workhorses in the ring wrestlers. The other ones, the little the little pretty girls that, you know, just kind of slap at each other and everything else. No, but this match between those two really brought some realism back. The old uh, moolah days. So, yeah, great, I go along with that for sure. Great comment, Randy. Uh, first runner-up, Gunther versus Sheamus. Hard-hitting match. Yes, very hard-hitting, very realistic. Um, 
you could tell that they were having fun. They were enjoying what they were doing, you know. Who can I chop the hardest? Who can I hit the hardest? It was a hard-hitting um, series of matches they had, actually. Um, but, yes, I would keep them up there, too. Very good. Very good matches. All right, here's my match of the year. Now, I trumped some of the fans. I'm sorry. I had to go with it. And I'm to me, it's match of the year, but I'll let you weigh in. WrestleMania, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville, the Jackass match. How could you? <laughs> how good? Come how on, dare Randy. you? This, that was what oh pro wrestling is about. I don't think I've ever been entertained like I was in that match. Well, that was entertained, and, and not to get a little bit off track, but Knoxville and uh, Logan Paul and them guys, these guys are uh, bad bunny. These guys can really, they really learn to wrestle. That's, that makes it more entertaining. You know, you like them for their, their uh, what they're famous for, whether it be jackass or whatever else, but then you see them in the ring, and you say, wow, they can actually do some stuff. And they throw in enough comedy, whatever, you know, throw in a hornswoggle or somebody. But, uh, oh, man, I don't know. I have to put one of the best. JB is saying Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, steel cage match, torn peck by Cody. Great match. And you know what? I can understand it. I still, JB, I got to. I'm still going with the Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn match. But I get, I get where Randy couldn't be happy about it. But okay, <laughs> comeback of the year, 2022, second runner-up, Bray Wyatt. Oh man, there's another star in the making. You know that that should have been the next Undertaker. They did him wrong. And I'm not sure what they're going to do with him now, but uh, he's one of the few gimmicky characters that they can really run with. So um, I don't know, Randy. I think it's downhill for Bray Wyatt. I talk about this to Farrow all the time. His wrestling skills are beyond below average, in my opinion. Great promo guy. Great mind for the business, but it seems like every time he wrestles, the 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 mojo what, what mojo disappears. Hmm. Well, as far as talent, I mean, he's not never going to be a high flyer, you know. And I look at guys that didn't have many moves, like Hogan and even the Undertaker. Um, you know, they had their their few set of moves, but. Uh, Bray Wyatt, I don't know. They just got to, if they can do something with that fiend character, and as long as they're so hot on factions, bring back Alexa Bliss and maybe throw in another crazy in there like uh, uh, Nikki Cross or Nikki Ashy is now, whatever. Um, throw in Loomis um, and, and, and start, a, start a, a really dark faction. Because there's no dark things going on anymore. They started with Karrion Cross with his entrance in that, and you know, and Scarlet. To me, best entrance, best entrance of all of them. When it came you know what? Like I think you might be right. I didn't think about that, oh, but man. that wasn't much on the voting. But they I got the big bird things good. going in the back, oh, you know. Incredible yeah. entrance. And she comes out. 
Ah, uh, in the smoke. Yes. Uh, first runner-up, which you got the wrong person up there, uh, Jared, is Soraya. Soraya as first runner-up for comeback of the year. I haven't seen anything yet. She hasn't. She hasn't done that much. She came back. Everybody, want, everybody wants to see Paige again, but uh, just not seeing anything. What she had a couple of matches, one or two. Yeah, it's true. So doesn't make a doesn't make a comeback yet for me. All right, and the winner, which I'm not so sure how I totaled this up because I don't even know if this was really a 2022 comeback, but uh, he won it. CM Punk. Comeback? Oh heavens no! So far as a comeback, I'd 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 go with somebody like like Edge or even you know Brian Danielson or something. I, I would not do Punk, and it's not because I don't like Punk, which I really don't. But uh, no, bad choice. Bad choice. I think I, I think uh, I think Edge had a much bigger comeback. Fair enough, Randy. Last- Fair enough. Okay, the final deal and the most important deal, wrestler of the year, second runner-up, Seth freaking Rollins. Wow. I would move him up a notch. I would move him up a notch. I don't like the character that they gave him recently, you know. Um, now here was Seth. He's you know he was a world champion. He was always on the cuff of doing it again, and then they bring him back with this goofy gimmick, whatever it is, with his laughing stuff. And if you think about it, there's never really been a champion that they have given any kind of a a clownish gimmick to. Whether they come back or wherever else, they just never make it. Um, Seth, if if he gets away from that laugh. And some of that goofy stuff he's doing and gets back into being a little bit more serious. Um, I think I, I think he could be back on top again. But right now, uh, uh, he, I think I would put him definitely better than third. I'd first, move him up a notch. All right. First runner-up, John Moxley. Totally disagree. I'm not even sure if I would put Moxley in the top three. Do tell why. I think I think what he used to be, as far as wrestling and everything else, right now he comes out, he spits water, he sashays down to the ring, um, he punches, uh, there's blood, uh, he seems, I know it's part of his gimmick, but he's always angry both at the fans and everything else. I just don't like his whole persona, personally. Wrestling ability, again, when they get in that heel mode and all they do is punch and kick, um, and I know he's much better than that. He was back when he was uh, in the Shield, and I think when he first made his appearance. But now I, he just – I don't know what he's trying to be, but it doesn't resonate with me. So I wouldn't even have him in the top So I, I'm not a Moxley fan, but – I can't disagree. Like, I'll have to disagree with you there because considering everything that went on between the punk deal and the elite, 
you know, Moxley was a mainstay for AEW and kind of kept AEW at somewhat, you know, a certain status, right? He was a mainstay that that kept that company going. Um, he did have a pretty good year. He had some really good matches. Again, I'm not a Moxley guy. I agree with you. I, I, yeah. I don't find him entertaining at all. But, you know, I think as far as 2022 goes... I think he has to be in, you know, the top the top three. All right. The winner, and I don't think this is any surprise, Roman Reigns. Agree. Where does Roman rank with you, Randy, on the all-time great list? And we're He's talking all yet. time. Flares, Hogan's, Rocks, Stone Cold. Is he is he playing with that crowd or is he a step below? No, he's He's a step below, but I think part of that is because the fan base has changed so much in the last twenty years, thirty years, whatever, you know. Um I don't put him as an all time great. Um, the fact that he's had the title a lot of years, as you know, as I do, it's politics. You know, it's not like he's really beaten anybody. Uh, for whatever the reason, he's the boy. But as far as being great, I can't put him up there with a Steamboat or a Flair or a Bruno San Martino or a Luthes. I mean, those are the those are the greats. You know. So let me right let me now, cha- let me challenge you on that, Randy, and then you know you could rebuke. Um. So we all know wrestling is orchestrated or whatever else. And like you said, this is the guy that they chose. But doesn't holding a title and winning matches, it does matter, doesn't? Even though it's predetermined, it does matter. And then when you talk about the Brunos or the Hogans and things like that, if you really think about it, in today's day and age, more people see Roman Reigns than they've seen of all those wrestlers before. Because, you know, the world has changed, right? We've got social media. we got all this. So doesn't that play into Roman being one of the greats of, the all, of all time? Well, that's what I said before. Uh, the fan base has changed. You know, if, you, if you're just talking the greatest of all time, whatever, you have to put them up against... There's a lot of different factions, what makes him great, okay? Winning matches is part of it, but uh, Flair lost a heck of a lot of matches, okay? But he's still one of the all-time greats. San Martino had the title for, what, seven years, okay? They gave it to him. There's one of the all-time greats. Um, Roman Reigns, uh, the fans don't know the old people, the other people. They know a little bit about Hogan, but think of when, when Hulkamania was at its peak, you know? Would you call him an all-time great? Now, maybe as far as an all-time great in filling the seats, he was up there. Um, I'm not sure that Roman Reigns has the power to fill the seats. Um, Good matches, yes. Fun to watch, yes. Talented, yes. Uh, A a great gimmick surrounding him, yes. But I don't... uh, I just don't put him as a a great professional wrestler. Got it. All right, Randy, we're out of time. I want to thank you for co-hosting. 
Um, oh, thank you. We have New Year's coming up. What does New Year's mean to Randy Hogan? And please share your thoughts with the fans, and please share your thought what the fans mean to you. I am looking forward to next year, hopefully getting my health back. You know, you had your issues and everything. I have two old wrestling injuries that caught up with me. Um, I won't, long story short. So I went to bed one day. I was fine. I woke up. I had no, basically almost no feeling from the waist down. I'm that way now. I'm on a walker. Um, it's not getting any better. They've fused my neck and my back all the way down. Nothing I can do about it. So I'm hoping for some help. I'm hoping to get another good year out of this. You know, like I said, I'll be 72. And, uh, you know, every every day is, is a gift. And just the fact that, that, like you said, I make good friends like you. And, and you're one of the few in the business, actually, that I'm good friends with. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so... So blessed, so privileged to be part of that. And the fans, some of them, I know they never saw me wrestle other than YouTube. Everybody talks about me getting squashed by Vader and everything. And uh, But just the fact that they see it and they mention it to me, or I'm at a convention, they'll come up and they'll buy a picture or something. It just, uh, again, it just makes me tear up just thinking about it. And, and, and every last little fan, even the ones... I went to a convention in Rome, Georgia last year, and it was the best one. It was real cheap to get in because it's very rural out there. And I must have had 10 kids come up. Can you sign my arm? They just want a magic mark. They want me to sign their arm, you know. That was better than selling a picture. I, <laughs> I signed so many arms. But, again, so appreciative because, again, I see myself as that little seven or eight-year-old kid, you know, Watching the wrestlers come in and just thinking they're larger than life, and to think of some little kid could look at an old guy like me like that, uh, it, I can't explain it. It's it's just definitely more than warms my heart. Well, I could tell you I value your friendship. Um, I'm glad you're in my life, and I want to wish everybody out there a happy new year. I want to thank Indie Music Studios for supporting the Monty and the Faro show yet another year. Uh, I want to thank Jared, who uh, is a fantastic producer, Spidey. And Spidey has got himself a new job, but he is kind enough and wants to be part of the Monty and the Faro show. So after his regular job, he's going to stay on just to do the Monty and the Faro show. And I got to say that I'm humbled just for that. And then I want to say Happy New Year to everybody out there. Uh, Davio, RJ, JB Stingers, the First Lady of Wrestling, Maria, ESO Creative, Bruce, who filled in for me when I was ill. Um, you know, it's beyond words what I want to say to people. Uh, just such wonderful people out there. And in today's world where there's so many problems it's great to find these diamonds in the roughs like you randy um and i just want to thank you and i'm wishing everybody a wonderful 2023 be safe uh we want to wish jimmy a uh quick recovery um 
and hopefully he's working that neck out because the expectation is that he will get in the master lock (laughs) and break out of it. But if you listen to Randy, he has no chance in hell. Randy, you want to send us out? I tell you, brother, number one podcast always has been shows, whatever else, Money the Pharaoh, support them, listen to them, spend your money to them and everything else. Next year, happy, healthy, prosperous year to all you fans. And keep Randomania running wild, brother. With that, for Mike Monty, Randy Hogan, and Jimmy Farrow, and Spidey, happy New Year's. We'll see you next Thursday with special guest Danielle Petro, the dark side of, what was his name again? What's that wrestler's name? Who? Matt Riddle. Oh, yeah, that's right. Matt Riddle. We'll see you in 2023. Randy, thank you again, brother. Thank you, brother.